0: Hey, good morning. Good morning, everybody. Welcome River Glen. River Glen's one church in uh, many locations. And so welcome, everybody, here in Waukesha. A uh, big welcome to Pewaukee and online. Great to have you uh, with us. This is week number two of this series called Emotionally Healthy uh, Relationships. Each week we're giving you a skill uh, to help you uh, develop better, help us develop better uh, relationships. How many of you have heard this phrase before, the tip Of the uh, iceberg. It's kind of a common phrase that we use to point out that what we see, what we hear, what we experience isn't really everything that's going um, on. You know, you look at the iceberg here, and just 10% is above the surface, just the tip, and 90% of the iceberg uh, stays hidden beneath the surface. I think we're familiar with this concept probably because of the most famous iceberg that sank the uh, Titanic. In in 1912, one of the greatest tragedies in modern history unfolded when the uh, Titanic collided with an iceberg. The uh, navigator of the ship saw this, what appeared to be a small iceberg, but he only saw the tip of the iceberg. He couldn't see the 90% uh, beneath. And because of what they didn't see, they experienced a disaster. The truth is, our lives can be a lot like an iceberg 10% of our lives is visible above the surface, but we got a lot going on underneath the surface. Many of our emotions that drive our behaviors uh, lie below the surface. And oftentimes, we are unaware of what we cannot uh, see. And here's why today's message is so important. Too often, we shipwreck our lives and our relationships because we ignore what's going on below the surface. We focus on the 10% and 90% we rarely focus on or uh, own until eventually we decide to withdraw, maybe cut off relationships and find different friends, find a different job, find a different church, maybe find a different partner. But that's like switching chairs on the Titanic. It really doesn't solve the problem. Because oftentimes the source of our problem is found not in the 10% above the surface, but in the 90% uh, below. And so here's today's relational skill, become self-aware. Today I'm going to talk about dealing with our emotions, the 90% beneath the surface, not just for our sake, but for the sake of our relationships. But it's not easy to talk about emotions, especially in, in church. Uh, you know, sometimes in churches we have a tendency to think that spiritual maturity, spiritual health, it means that you're happy all the time. Yeah. And so, you know, you walk into church, you know, and no matter how stressed out you are about work, or no matter how overwhelmed you feel as a parent, no matter how much you're struggling in your marriage, somebody says, you know, how you doing? How you feeling? And what's the right answer? I'm fine. I'm good. Or if you're really spiritual, I'm blessed. I, I, uh, sometimes as Christians, we uh, almost get in a competition uh, for how blessed uh, we are. I, I've heard people say things like, uh, you know, I'm so blessed. If I was any more blessed, there would be two of me. Or, you know, if I was any more blessed, I'd have to sit on my hands to keep from clapping. Now, sometimes in churches, we have this idea that faith and feelings, you know, they don't really go... Uh, together, Maybe you grew up in a home or in a church, and when it came to emotions, when it came to feelings, you were taught one of two things, that there are right feelings and wrong feelings. There's the way you should feel and the way you shouldn't uh, feel. And so when you felt a certain way, you know, maybe you felt uh, anxious or afraid, uh, you were taught as a Christian, you know, don't do that. Don't feel that way. Feel this way. Christians aren't anxious. Don't feel that way. Uh, Be at peace. Don't feel sad. Christians aren't sad. Be happy. And what can happen sometimes in churches is is that we start to pretend that we feel a certain way. So people ask how we're doing, and uh, we'll say, oh, I'm okay. I'm fine. I'm good. And we're not okay, fine, or good. We just know that's the right answer. We know if we tell them how we're feeling... They're going to tell us to stop feeling that way and that's not helpful. So I'll just say what's expected of me. And we don't deal with the 90% beneath uh, the surface. And that's why for some of us it's, it's hard to talk about uh, emotions. I found that emojis uh, can help. I think uh, uh, emojis have unlocked some emotions for me. You know, I'll see an emoji and I'm like, yeah, that's, that's how I feel about this. And so to use uh, emoji uh, language, you know, we want to feel this way, but sometimes we feel uh, this way. And sometimes, we, you know, we want to feel this way, calm, cool, confident, but then sometimes we feel, you know, overwhelmed, and uh, we don't feel very, uh, we feel very stressed out about things. You know, we all want to feel cheerful, but uh, sometimes we feel uh, this way, and then sometimes we feel this way, and then sometimes we feel this way <laughs> right here. That's more real. And sometimes, you know, we're just numb. And that's how we, that's how sometimes we deal with emotions. We just shut them down. Instead of feeling love and connection in a relationship, we feel numb. And so today, to help us develop self awareness, I wanna talk about understanding our emotions and how to deal with them, not just for our sake, but for the sake of relationships. I mean, if we don't know uh, how to deal with our own, Emotions? How are we going to love and help other people deal with their emotions and uh, feelings? Now, if if you read the Bible, you know what? It might surprise you how much the Bible says about emotions. I mean, God, I mean, mean, throughout Scripture, God expresses a variety of, of emotions anger, jealousy, grief, joy, compassion. And we're made in God's image. The difference is God has a perfect relationship with emotions. If you study the life of David, David's one of the godliest men in all of history. He he expresses a full range of emotion, anger, depression, great joy. But today, I want to take a look at how Jesus handled his feelings and his emotions. If you have a Bible, you can open it up. We're going to take a look at a section of scripture in Matthew chapter 26 where Jesus goes through a very emotional time in his life. And I know maybe for some of us, the idea that, you know, Jesus was emotional, that may not seem right to us. You know, maybe you don't think that uh, emotions are very spiritual or that feelings are part of faith. But if you read through the Gospels, the four biographies about Jesus, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, one study said Jesus Expresses Jesus experiences 39 different emotions. Some of us are like, I didn't even know there were 39 different uh, emotions. You know, for example, Jesus meets a Roman centurion who demonstrates great faith. And Jesus feels delighted. And then he feels sad when he looks over Jerusalem and he thinks about the people that have rejected him. And Jesus feels angry when he thinks about the religious leaders who care more about religious tradition than life transformation. And Jesus overflows with joy when 72 disciples return and tell stories of how God worked powerfully in and through through them. And Jesus feels grief and weeps when his friend Lazarus dies. And Jesus feels shame. You might think, uh, you know, Jesus was perfect. I didn't know he felt shame. Scripture says he felt shame, not his shame. He felt our shame on the cross. And so as you read the Gospels, you find that Jesus had a lot of different feelings. And my point is, during his life on earth, Jesus shows us that emotions and feelings are not associated with being weak. They're associated with being human. That's how God made us. The question is not, are emotions and feelings right or wrong? The question is, how do we deal with them? What do we do with them? How do we manage uh, them? I I think it, it helps to understand where the word emotion came from, it actually came from a Latin word, emovir, which means to move, to move. In other words, God moves us through emotions. And so the question becomes, where are they taking us? I mean, it's like when you get in a vehicle, you get in a vehicle of anxiety. Where's that anxiety gonna take you? You feel some guilt. You get in the vehicle of guilt. Where's that guilt taking you? Where's loneliness taking you? Where's anger taking you? These emotions aren't wrong initially in and of themselves. The question is, what direction are you going to go? It's kind of like this road sign here. I mean, when you experience an emotion, I mean, you can go this way with it or you can go this other way uh, with it. It's like you're getting in a vehicle and, uh, you know, you can go that way or you can go this way. So you experience shame and when those feelings of shame come, shame can take you to a place of isolation, or shame can take you to a place of forgiveness and freedom. You, you feel uh, loneliness, you get in the vehicle of loneliness. Loneliness can take you to a place of depression and despair, or it can take you to a place of connection and dependence. On God, There's all kinds of emotions that we might feel. And my point is, emotions are an opportunity for us to move closer to God. But for some of us, when we've had difficult emotions, unpleasant emotions, what we've been taught, the teaching that we've heard, is is don't do that. Don't feel that way. But biblically, we find that those emotions are an opportunity for God to move us to a better place, a healthier place. Place, a more mature place. The question is, what direction are we going to go uh, with them? Well, in Matthew chapter 26, uh, Jesus has already had a very emotional evening. He just had the Last Supper with his disciples. Judas has left to betray him. And and Jesus knows what's coming. He knows that they're going to arrest him, they're going to give him a severe beating, they're going to crucify uh, him. He knows what's coming. And so when we pick it up in Matthew chapter 26, he's just overcome and overwhelmed with emotion. I mean, starting in verse 36, it says, uh, then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane. And he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. He took Peter and the two sons of of Zebedee, that's uh, James and John. So Peter, James, and John, three of them went along with him and he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as uh, you will. Now, when Luke, who was a medical doctor, uh, describes this moment, he points out that Jesus experienced physical symptoms from feeling emotionally uh, overwhelmed. In uh, chapter 22, Luke says, and being in anguish, Jesus prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was like drops of blood falling uh, to the ground. This is a very rare medical condition called hematid- hematidrosis, which is when the capillaries, tiny capillaries in the sweat glands, uh, break because of emotion and, and, or anxiety. And it cre- creates a bloody sweat combination, which is often followed by your body going into shock. The point is, Jesus felt emotionally overwhelmed and he says my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death but i can imagine some christians uh, trying to talk jesus out of that feeling uh, my my soul is overwhelmed to the, to the point of death don't don't feel that way jesus feel this way my soul is overwhelmed to the point of death Smile, Jesus. God loves you. God uses all things for good. Don't you know that, Jesus? Don't feel this way anymore. Feel, uh, feel this way. But are you going to say that to Jesus? I'm not going to say that to, to, to Jesus. But I think for many Christians, that's the message. It's wrong to feel certain ways. Don't feel, don't feel that way. Feel this way. And I hope for some of you, as you hear about this emotional time in the life of Jesus, I hope it frees you up from the pressure that Christianity has put on you to always be happy. I mean, if you're here today and you're feeling emotionally uh, overwhelmed to the point of death, Jesus doesn't say to you, don't feel that way. He says to you, I know how that feels. I know how that feels. And understanding that completely changes how we process our emotions and our uh, feelings. I want to give you a couple categories for how I think many of us deal with our emotions. I think many of us would fit in this category, emotional avoidance. This is how some of us were taught to deal with feelings. Certain emotions are not allowed. You avoid them. You know, you stuff them down. But if that's your approach, that's going to catch up with you. The Bible talks about how the 90% in your heart eventually it comes out. And it might come out in the form of anger or apathy or sarcasm or maybe other destructive uh, behaviors. Others of us would fit in the category of emotional indulgence. And uh, this is where your feelings just dominate you. You know, you just feel your feelings. Feelings are like a GPS in your life. You get up in the morning and how you feel uh, determines your day. And how you treat other 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 people, and uh, you know, if other people are around you, well, this is just the way I feel. But as we study Scripture, we find emotions are not something to avoid, and they're not something to allow to dominate you. Emotions are like a gauge, like a gauge on the dash, on your car. Emotions are meant to get our attention, and move us in a direction to become more like Jesus and more able to fulfill God's purposes for our lives, and more able to give and receive love in our relationships. So we, gotta, we gotta pay attention and become self-aware. Many uh, years ago, I bought a, a used car. It kinda looked like this one right here. It was a Ford uh, Focus, and I got a really good deal on this car. But really, this car was only good for one thing, uh, sermon illustrations. That's what it was uh, good for. It started making this noise, this weird, loud, knocking sound. And it would only do it when I turned right. Uh, When I drove straight, it was fine. Turn left, it was was fine. And so I just ignored it. You know, I didn't want to put any more money into this uh, car. And so I pretended like I didn't uh, hear it. And I avoided right turns as much as possible. Sometimes you got to take a right turn. I went to lunch one day with a friend of mine. And uh, I I took a right turn and, I mean, his eyes bugged out, he grabbed the door, he's like, what's that sound? You need to get that checked out. But I didn't, I didn't. And uh, next time he wouldn't get my car. He wouldn't ride with me, he was too afraid. And so I figured, you know, maybe I should get that checked out. And turns out the repair wasn't as major as I thought. And the car worked great and my friend would ride with me again. And I think for many of us, that's what emotions are like. They're... They're they're, they're God's way of getting our attention, to move us in a better direction. And maybe other people point it out, and yet we ignore it, and we just keep driving. But maybe it can be fixed perhaps more easily than you would think, and and you would enjoy your life and your relationships so much uh, more. And so the question is, how do we deal with our feelings? How do we deal with our emotions? Not just for our sake but for the sake of our relationships. Well, in Matthew chapter 26, Jesus models for us what it looks like to release our feelings to God so that he can redeem them and transform them and make them new. And so here's the first thing that we see Jesus do. Look at this. He tells his friends how he's feeling. And he asks his friends... To stay with him. Verse 38, then he said to them, My soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Don't miss this. I mean, Jesus opens up about the 90% in his life. Jesus is vulnerable with some of his closest friends. And it was not, it was not a sign of weakness, this is, this is a sign of, of strength. And he doesn't just do it, you know, with, notice he doesn't do this with all of his disciples. It's just three of them, Peter, James, and John. I mean, the idea today is not to just, you know, share all your feelings with just anybody. I mean, you're in the lobby, you know, and uh, somebody walks up to you and says, you know, how you doing, how you, how you feeling, and you don't know them. I mean, the idea is not just unload all your emotions on them. The, the idea is that you need two or three people that you are honest with, they ask you, and you tell them the truth, it's not weak for you to do that. You're being like Jesus when you do that. That, that takes strength. That takes courage. That takes humility. But, but for some of us, you know, especially those of us I think that fit in that category of emotional avoidance, it's, it's difficult for us to open up. I have a friend who came up with a, a tool that I found really helpful. He calls it the four uh, D's. I was in a group with him for uh, several years. And every month we would uh, go around the circle and we would share the four D's. It's real simple. Uh, you, 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 you talk about what what do you feel delighted about? What's draining you? What have you discovered? And what are you determined to do? It's real simple. You can do the four D's with your friends, you can do them in a small group, you can do it with a spouse. One time Marnie and I were at dinner with a couple of friends and we did the four D's. Went around the table and it was a great, awesome conversation. Give them a try. This is a great tool to help us open up like Jesus did with his friends. And then second, we see that Jesus prioritizes his faith over his feelings. Or we could say it this way. He aligns his feelings with what God wants for him. Jesus aligns his feelings with what he knows to be true. In in verse 39, it says, going a little farther, uh, he fell with his face to the ground and he prayed, my father, if it is possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. And so Jesus falls on his face. He's honest with God about his feelings. But he concludes by saying, God it's not about what I want. It's not about my feelings. It's about what you want. Now, for those of us who fall in that category of emotional indulgence, this is really significant because what we've been taught is, you know, you just just feel your feelings. And if that's the way you feel, then that's right. If that's the way you feel, then that's what you should do. But that's not what we see Jesus do. That's not the example that he sets for us. Instead, he's honest about how he feels. He doesn't pretend to feel something other than what he does but he processes his feelings with god and he concludes by saying god whatever you want that's what i want so you may feel like you know losing your temper and you know punching the wall you may feel like staying in bed all day and just avoiding uh, the world you may feel like you know running up the credit card you may feel lonely in your marriage and You want to move ahead with an affair. You may feel that way, and that feeling is okay, but where's that feeling going to take you? Now, I'm not going to stand up here and tell you, don't feel that way. I'm just going to ask, where's that feeling going to take you? And maybe it would help to understand that what you feel is real. But just because it's real doesn't mean it's true. What you feel might be real but just because it's real it doesn't mean that it's true for example you might say i'm lonely okay that's a difficult emotion and and i know that's i know that's real i know that's how you feel but if you're a follower of jesus it's not true and jesus is with you he will never forsake you he fill, he's filled you with the holy spirit He surrounds you with people who care about you and love you as your brothers and sisters in Christ. I know that's how you feel, and I know how you feel is real, but it's not true. You're not alone. And you may feel guilt, you may feel shame, and it might be real, but it's not true if you're a follower of of Jesus. The, The truth is there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. You are set free from Sin and shame, that's what's true. And so follow the example of of Jesus. Be honest with God about your emotions. And then align your emotions with what God wants for your life. And then third, as we just saw, Jesus, I mean, he's just honest with God. He pours out his feelings to his heavenly father in prayer. Uh, Verse 39 says, going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and he prayed, my father... It's interesting, in Mark's account of this story, he uses the word Abba. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a more intimate, personal term. It conveys the idea of dad, daddy. And so Jesus models for us a way of processing our feelings and our emotions with God in prayer. Now, for some of us, that that, 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 that would be difficult because that's not the way that we were taught to pray. Maybe you were taught to pray by reciting certain words that you memorized or that you read. And maybe some of you, maybe you can still remember those words and and recite those words. But that's not what Jesus does here. I mean, Jesus cries out from his heart. And he prays and says, Father, my soul is overwhelmed to the point of death. He pours out his feelings to God. And we see this transformation when Jesus goes into the garden he's emotionally overwhelmed he falls on his face on the on the ground he prays for maybe an hour or two or or three and then when they come to arrest him now Jesus is standing and he's strong and he's and he's resolute and he moves toward the cross and he's in a much better place prayer transformed his his feelings and I wonder what would that look like for you And pour out your feelings to God. Maybe you pray, Father, I'm just so stressed out. I just feel so sad and I don't know why. I feel so disappointed in my marriage, angry with my child, uh, frustrated with my uh, parent. I feel so anxious about the future. I feel so lonely. I just want to die. When was the last time that you poured out your heart to God in prayer? And trade and, and uh, that way. See, God wants to redeem your emotions, but he can only redeem what you release to him. And you may, uh, you might not think that God wants to uh, meet you in your emotions. You might not think that God wants to meet you and help you in that 90%, but he does. He wants to redeem that part of you. He wants to transform all of you, but you have got to uh, Invite him in to meet you in that feeling. And that's what I want to encourage us to do today as we share communion together. We've got communion available on the back tables. If you're watching online, you can grab a cracker. You can grab some juice. And today, I want to invite you to use this time for self-awareness, for self-examination, and for uh, prayer. Maybe you just feel overcome with fear or lust or anger. Say, God, this is how I feel. I surrender to you. Would you move me to a better place? Would you transform this feeling? All of us have emotions. God made us that way. And he wants us to pay attention to them. And so after I pray, would you uh, take a moment for self-awareness, self-reflection. Self-examination and prayer. And then our team is going to lead us in a song called Christ Be Magnified. Would you make that uh, your your prayer? Christ be magnified in my life. Not just in the 10%, but in the 90% in all of my life. I'm going to pray and then take a moment for self-awareness, self-examination, and then you can take communion when you're ready. Let me pray for us. God, thank you for the... uh, great example of Jesus to show us how faith and feelings go hand in hand and to show us how to manage and deal with our feelings and emotions not just for our sake but for the sake of our relationships God would you help us to grow in self-awareness we need your help with this, I know I do but mostly I want to thank you for meeting us in our emotions and helping us. God, would you move us in a direction that is closer to you so that we can fulfill your plan for our lives and for our relationships. God, we surrender our emotions, our feelings, so that you can redeem them and make them new. And it's in Jesus' name, amen.